Hi everyone, this is Jim. We are still on break and re-releasing some of our most popular episodes. For this week, you're going to get to hear a discussion episode answering questions from our listeners, including how to pay for it and what countries will go first. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Basic Income Podcast. I'm Owen Poindexter. And I'm Jim Pugh. So a while back, we asked you four questions about the basic income, and a number of you responded. So in this episode, we're just going to go through a few of those. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get to everyone's question, but we did have a few that we thought would be good ones to start with. Sure. So here goes. All right. So the first one is from Abigail Irwin, came in through Facebook. Here's the one big question I keep getting. How is it going to be funded? So I would say for me as well, this is a question that people ask all the time. Since we're talking about such a big program, people are naturally curious about, all right, where does the funding come from here? One thing that I've mentioned before that I, I think is really, really important to remember is a lot of the conceptions we have right now about what the government can or cannot afford, quote unquote, are really not based on reality. That if you look at our economy and how much it's grown over recent years, there's actually so much money out there. Our gross domestic product over the last 15 years has grown by $4 trillion. So just taking a big picture snapshot, it's important to know that there is money out there. Yeah. And on top of that, I'll say, well, I think it's important to talk about how we're going to pay for things. The government is very willing to drop billions of dollars on some programs without having this discussion. It's only around new big programs where we do say, okay, well, where's that money going to come from? Because we haven't already baked that in. Right. We do see often around things like military spending, spending tens of billions of dollars. Really, the drop of a hat is not uncommon. But as soon as we talk about billions or even hundreds of millions of dollars for social programs, people suddenly get very nervous about how we're going to actually afford that. And maybe getting more into, okay, well, how is it going to be funded? Obviously, there are a number of ways you could do it. If you structure it as a negative income tax, you could just have a, a tax that runs backwards, essentially, at a certain income level, you receive money instead of pay money in. That's one way to do it where you don't have to touch anything else. Something I would add to that is, so negative income tax, one concern that I know people have is that if you're actually not giving the same amount to different people, that could complicate the logistics, figuring out, all right, how do we actually assess someone's income in the moment and decide, all right, how big is the check we mail to them? You can actually accomplish exactly the same thing using the tax code. You can structure it so that you give everyone the same amount of money every month, regardless of how much you're making, but then make sure that you're actually clawing back more of that money earlier on based on how much they're making when, you, when you're actually assessing taxes, the, the same way you do now as, as far as withholding from paychecks. Right. And just to kind of offer a crude version of that, you could impose a flat tax and the revenue from that would just be turned into a dividend that would go equally to everyone. And so everyone's paying the same percentage of their income into the basic income fund. But the way it works out is at a certain point, you are paying and receiving about the same amount and everyone above that ends up paying in more, but they still get the dividend. 
And to give some more specifics, since I, I want to actually make sure <laughs> that we do give an answer to this question, I, I think there are actually a lot of different ideas for how we fund this out there. And, and depending on who you ask, you're going to get different answers. Uh, some of the most common ones that I hear proposed, uh, one is the idea of, I think particularly as a starting point, looking at a carbon dividend. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about that in the past. There was a proposal in California. There's currently, in fact, a campaign in Washington, D.C. around taxing carbon and paying out the revenue that comes in as a universal income, as universal dividends to people in the region. And that uh, could, at the very least, provide us with a powerful first step towards basic income by saying, all right, we're setting up the system that gives everyone equally uh, regular payments of money. I think the carbon dividend idea is my favorite in, in this whole space because it does start to address climate change as well. And it takes this idea that we have shared resources, in this case, the air and the environment, and that we are all invested in this, whether we want to be or not. And by taxing the use of the environment, essentially, which is a shared resource, then we can all benefit from it. Um, another along those same lines, though, very different, is a financial transactions tax, which that's another one that gets thrown in periodically. We all benefit from the infrastructure of our financial system, and you know some businesses and people use that quite a lot to conduct business, trade stocks, whatever. And so by having just a very small fee on financial transactions, you, you could also do the same thing and fund the basic income. Another one that often gets discussed is the idea of a, a land value tax, where you're assessing the value of any given piece of property that either a person or a corporation might own, and then saying, we're going to set some low level of taxation so that every month or every year, you are paying a certain amount based on the value of, of that piece of land, not, not just the land itself, but what's actually on the land. One thing that I think is really interesting about the land value tax is it actually starts to get closer to the idea of a wealth tax, something that is taxing not just how much money people are bringing in, but, but how much they actually own. Land isn't a perfect measure of, of someone's wealth, but it tends to be pretty close a lot of the time. And that could help not only with providing the support that you get from basic income, but also to share prosperity and share wealth across the country by really looking at that as the source of the funding. Right. And I think this is an important concept because while income is easy to track or easy enough, uh, a, a lot of the disparity that we see in the world is through wealth. And uh, an actual wealth tax is very hard to administer because unless you have some way to track all forms of wealth, people are going to be able to move it around to not be taxed. But land is, is always there. You can't pick it up and move it somewhere else. And it, yeah, it does tend to be a good proxy for and you know a holding place for wealth, especially in California, where we are. Lastly, we, we can touch on general progressive taxation. So we mentioned the income tax before, but it doesn't, I said a flat tax, it doesn't have to be a flat tax. It could be a progressive tax that increases as you uh, go into higher income levels. Uh, there's also a capital gains tax and um, perhaps others that you could mention. Yeah, I think touching on capital gains, right now we have the level of that set considerably lower than income. And so what that's effectively doing is saying, sitting on wealth, you, and the amount of money you get from that, you're actually paying less in taxes than, than someone who's working for the money. Yeah, and you so, see those incentives pretty clearly in the market. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so that's actually encouraging people to hoard rather than to, to spend. Um, 
and then uh, also, uh, I, again, if you look at the various campaigns that are going on around different policies, you'll you'll hear people talking about closing tax loopholes as well, particularly for corporations. There's a lot of ways that companies are able to avoid what is the supposed tax rate that they might owe uh, due to how complex the tax code is in many places. So hopefully that gives you a sense of how we might fund a basic income. There are a lot of paths to do it, a lot of different sources you might look to. Uh, but you know, it should be said there's no one answer to this. You know, I've said this before, the first step in creating a basic income is deciding that we want one. And once you have that destination, there are a bunch of paths to get there. Right. I think it's important to remember that oftentimes when we talk about these big, bold policies, we know they're going to cost a lot. But in most cases, we don't necessarily have to go through all the math right up front. Mm-hmm. It's important to just know that, yes, the funds exist out there. Let's think about what this, gonna, this is going to do for people, and then if this is actually something that's going to help folks, let's fight to make it happen. Yeah. Okay, next question comes from Darcy Lanthier. hoping you're pronouncing your name right, Darcy. Uh, which country will be next? I have a couple guesses, and they're pretty unoriginal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we'll probably have similar answers here. I would say any country that's currently doing a pilot for basic income is yeah. probably pretty high on the list mm-hmm. for, for ones that, that are potential to enact one. Um, so, yeah, we've talked about this before, but Finland launched their pilot in the last year. Ontario and Canada yeah. just, just launched their pilot. We do have the pilot happening in, in Oakland through Y Combinator, but it's a little bit of a different situation since it's a private entity funding it. Right. So I wouldn't read quite as much into that as, as these programs that are actually being initiated by national governments and what that signifies as far as intentions. Yeah, I think my first pick in the draft would be Canada because they're doing a pilot and it feels like this sort of uh, federal government that seems like it would be ready to try something like this, at least in terms of a carbon dividend or even like an Alaska-style natural wealth kind of thing. That said, I think that... There are there certainly are other countries out there talking seriously about it. And I think particularly for some of the smaller countries, if the people in power decided, all right, this is a priority for us, and if it was a country that uh, was in a, a situation to have a reasonable amount of wealth or a low enough cost of living for their population, they could potentially move pretty quickly to enact something. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put Switzerland at the top of the list right now, but they have already had the referendum. And it's a small country with a lot of wealth. And so, yeah, the the math is a little easier there. Yeah. So I I think the big answer is we don't know. Um, I I think as far as uh, which country will do pilots next, uh, we haven't talked about it much, but Barcelona is in the process of of getting a pilot going. And and I do know there's, yeah, there's a lot of others that are in in at least the discussion phases, if not quite ready to launch. The one last thing I'll throw in there is, if you were to say the five most likely countries are the field, I'm probably going to take the field because I could see this coming out of somewhere kind of unexpected or somewhere we're not thinking yeah, of right now. Absolutely. So our third question is, what kind of timeline are we looking at for America as a whole to implement basic income? And that came from Tim Kelly on Twitter. Uh, maybe December, January? <laughs> yeah, I think we're just about there. <laughs> you know, we're, just have to work out a few kinks. Um, more seriously. Um, yeah, so I could, I think one step might be to uh, have this become more mainstream within the left slash Democratic Party mm-hmm. in the U.S. And then if, 
if and when the Democrats take back power, maybe we could see something like a carbon dividend. And I could see that happening in the 2020s to give a rough, to give a decade. I, I If we can have it in 2020s, I would be very happy. That is probably a little sooner than yeah, I would It's expect. a bit aggressive. Yeah, I would yeah. say. I generally tell people that if, if those of us who support the policy approach this right, 15 years seems like a, a reasonable timeline. But that said, I think this is a kind of policy where it's going to be very, very far off until it's not. Right. Yeah. I think that th- there's there's going to be nothing linear about the progression of a basic income movement. It's going to be those of us who are in the space talking about it, getting more people hearing about it, really writing the playbook for how this might happen. And then it's going to be a question of what what is the moment? What, right. When is when is that moment when suddenly people are like, oh, we need something really different. We yeah. actually need to guarantee fundamental economic security for people. How do we do that? And if at that point we have really set the stage for basic income, it could happen really, really fast. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I used to think of self-driving cars and trucks as sort of the, the moment when everything was going to flip. I've actually backed off that a little bit just because they're already on the road. <laughs> this is already happening, and it hasn't really catalyzed a discussion in a way that means policy is going to happen very soon. But I think we might see something at some point where one day like Amazon lays off thousands or tens of thousands of workers, or you know, it's them plus Google plus others, uh, and it, it creates some amount of desperation where people are looking for a policy fix. And I will say, I think, well, one, I don't think we haven't seen any sort of significant amount of layoffs around self-driving vehicles. Yeah, so that could still happen. Um, It's something that I know at this point a lot of people think could be coming relatively soon. But how that will actually proceed, I think we'll have to see. But I I will say, I, I think I've been struck by how much people's perception about the fundamental characteristics of work have changed in the last couple of years Mm -hmm. that two years back, I felt like most people believe that the way that we we do work would would stay, I I think stay is actually the the wrong word because it was already shifting at that point, but could remain similar to to how we did that in in the 20th century. And now I think more and more people recognize that that model for for how our labor space operates just is, there there isn't a way to go back to that. Like, we are in uncharted territories here. And so we do need to be thinking more outside the box as far as what are the right policies to provide people with the security they need. Yeah. And I think just to add a little bit onto that, the the moments that might catalyze something might just be something where we realize that we are in uncharted territory, the mm-hmm. collective we. Right. Because I think we're already there. We're, we're already into the woods and we, we've lost our map. But you don't necessarily know that until, you know, suddenly you look up and you, you realize you're, you've lost the path. 
to, to put a sort of strange metaphor on this. <laughs> um, but I think it'll, it'll be a, as much a realization of where we already are than something where we get to a point and yeah, we, we're there. And, and we've kind of meandered a bit from the original question here. So <laughs> yeah. if we had to name a, a, a timeline. Oh, right, yes. Um, yeah, I, I would say I, I'm going to stick with 15 years. Okay. Um, I'm going to go price of right style and just take the under on that one. Just, you know, <laughs> 14 years. Aggressively optimistic there. <laughs> no, price of right, you, you say one year and then you get all the years below that, below yours. Um, this is a very dated reference I'm realizing. I don't think that show's <laughs> even on the air anymore. <laughs> um, I haven't watched TV in a while. Okay, related question, also our final question. How do we get there? Um, so, Jim, how do we get there? Well, so this was asked by Step Up BG on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And we, we covered a little bit of this right. in the last question. Uh, I, I think that I, I truly believe that the right approach to move towards basic income is to say that right now we are laying groundwork. Mm-hmm. We are doing the things that make basic income more familiar, more understood, and so that once we hit that moment, we can say, all right. We got this. We know what this is. We're ready to go. Let's make this happen. I think you find, at least in America, that often the first time people hear of this policy, maybe less so. I'm getting this less reaction less and less. But the most common first reaction is some amount of shock toward the idea of just giving people money unconditionally. And so I think people do need to sit with the idea for a little mm-hmm. bit. And it needs to penetrate into more circles and become something that people are less afraid of talking about. Right. So I think part of that is just talking to more people about basic income and, and what it might do. Having it be a more familiar concept that they that people they know and trust are actually think is could be a, a really good solution. And I think part of that is looking at, at what are the stepping stone policies that in practice can actually show people more what this is about. And and I think what it makes sense to go back to here is is looking at the Alaska model and how the fact that everyone there is getting an unconditional payment every year is actually something that makes this whole thing make more sense to people a lot of the time. Yeah, and along those lines, I'm very excited about the trials in Ontario that just started and uh, the upcoming ones run by Y Combinator because those will be real real trials, real stories, uh, real people who are benefiting. And uh, so then it'll be that much less abstract and that much closer. Yeah, I think those stories are going to be important. And then I, what I would really like to see is, is for some city or state in the U.S. to enact some, some smaller universal dividend uh, in the same style as an Alaska model because I think that it's that combination of hearing the stories of people who are getting full basic income and then yourself receiving this smaller unconditional income. Suddenly the intellectual leap between everyone getting basic income is much, much less than it is today. Yeah. I'm of the mind that $100 a month, even though usually we talk in terms of around 1000 something like 100 would would be transformative for a lot of people. And if not transformative, would make a big difference. It would You would feel it. Oh, yeah. Or, you know. Yeah. If, you're, if you are, person. if you're scraping by, 100 a month is a game changer. Yeah. And, you know, speaking from my own experience, I wouldn't say I'm scraping by, but I'd love $100 a month. Yeah. Like, that, that, wouldn't, <laughs> that wouldn't be nothing. Um, all right. So, yeah, how do we get there? I think a lot of what we're already doing and, you know, hopefully more trials, more support, more 
talking about it, you know, more, more podcast episodes. Yeah. I think this is one where all, all y'all who are, who are listening to this can actually play a big role here. Again, make sure you are talking to people about this, looking for ways that you can push the idea forward. That's actually what's going to help make this happen. So thank you to everyone who sent in questions. Please keep those coming. Uh, you can send them to myself, Owen Poindexter, at uh, Twitter, or Jim, your Dr. Pugh. Is that right? Uh, uh, or just tweet at the Universal Income Project, mm-hmm. U-I-P-R-O-J, on Twitter. We'll get them there, too. Uh, or you can find the Universal Income Project on Facebook as well. Thank you so much for listening to the Basic Income Podcast. Thank you to our producer, Eric Davidson. Again, please... Tell your friends, talk about basic income, talk about this podcast. This could be a good conversation starter for them. And subscribe if you have not already on Apple Podcasts or the service of your choice. And while you're there, please do leave us a rating or review. It'll help more people find the podcast. See you next week. Bye.